Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today is all about positioning yourself to move up the career ladder. We're going to hear resume, networking, and career growth advice from George McGarren, the all-star headhunter who founded the McGarren Group. George has a degree from the University of Oxford and has a secret talent of picking out needle-in-the-haystack talent for clients. His clients often seek to hire CEOs, CFOs, and many other senior executive positions. According to LinkedIn, he is ranked in the top 30 most connected recruiters in the U.S. So as you can see, George is the best person to cover this topic, and you're going to hear from someone who has direct experience on how to position yourself for job success. So let's launch right into it with the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, George, how are you doing today? Chris, how are you today? It's great to catch up with you again. It's always uh, always a pleasure to chat with you. It's great to have you on the show and uh, really enjoyed our conversation we had before um, this episode here. So I know our listeners are going to get just so many nuggets of knowledge from you. So I, I just kind of wanted to position things and kick off with a question I don't typically ask first but I loved your answer previously. But I, I wanted to hear from you, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make when they are trying to move up that career ladder? Just because I want people to get kicked off on the right foot here and not make these mistakes. Right, so I think and it's an important question. Obviously, now that we're in, we've got this sort of the COVID-19 dilemma of lots of layoffs, right? So it's, um, I would say that the first thing is, I think, you know, staying too long and I think that sort of low hanging fruit is probably staying in a company too long. Sure. Sometimes you get pigeon you get pigeonholed, right? Where uh, sometimes you either get sort of passed up for promotions. Financially, it's sort of proven that you know, sort of being a steady Eddie per se is is kind of financially it doesn't always make sense for you. Uh, and I would say that the third thing is just not always sort of you know I think one of the problems and you see this too in your business, right? With with the resume writing business mm-hmm. that it, it's in my opinion, I think you have to always be networking, right? To some extent, you have to always be and, and you know, take care of, of what you need to take care of from the work front. But you have to always be conscious of sort of your your, your brand, right? And kind of what you're emitting to the marketplace uh, and not playing defense. Like a lot of the, like in your business, right? We both have a branding business, right? At different levels. A lot of the people that come to us are playing defense, right? True. Instead of playing offense. True. And I think, uh, I think not playing offense is a huge mistake, and, uh, you know, what you see over and over and over. Uh, but I think if, you know, if you have the ability to, to, uh, to just reassess your career every, every six months to a year to see where you're at, and if it makes sense to make a move without being, you know, too job hoppy, uh, sometimes that makes sense, but, but you have to be aggressive and conscious of, of your career year to year, not just every five, six, seven, ten 10 years. Right. So that's I love kind of that George, some of the things I see. Yeah. I love that, man. It's 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 a huge mistake I've seen with uh, our resume clients. It's a lot of them they've they've been hooked in with the same exact thing, which actually is is one of the things that leads them to wanting to get the other job in the first place. But I love what you said about just offense, not just defense. And uh, I know that's going to be one of the things that we cover within this episode here. So, what are some of the things you do mention job seekers do proactively, like talking about that offense? to position themselves for career growth? Well, I think the first thing is, I think, you know, I think just your, your current situation, you know, where you, where you're currently at. Right. I think, uh, 
you know, I think the the ones that do really, really well, and it doesn't really matter in the organization, the size of the organization, it could be a startup, it could be a large, larger, larger place. Uh, the ones that treat, you know, their role as a business partner and a business owner, right? Those folks do really, really well in any organization. So I would say, you know, if you're looking for some career growth, you know, the the the, the quickest place is internally where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the second thing I would say is, and this is just, you know, a lot of the so the folks that we're dealing with are some of these guys are making, you know, from like say three hundred thousand dollars to four or five million dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the common denominators and a lot of sort of tricks that they use is, you know, every every six months, right? Or maybe, you know, once a year, they'll go to a Starbucks or go to some sort of a just coffee shop and they'll start to track mathematically and some, you know, some of the things that they've been up to, some of the wins. Uh, I think the second thing is to be able to start documenting what you're doing. Uh, and that's, and why is that useful, right? It's, it's useful because when you start looking at other opportunities, when you start, I mean, it's, you have, you have a marketing problem a lot of the times Yeah. when you start marketing your story, right. And framing your story, you're then t- able to use some of that data and some of those those sort of KPIs and, and you know sort of the the um, I call them wins right sort of the win sheet um, to to better tell your story later on right so especially especially if you've been in the same place five six seven years like most people are just rusty right and it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of like dating I don't know if you you know like I've been married for twelve <laughs> or thirteen years so I, I you know I'd assume I'd be pretty rusty love that a analogy. lot of people are just yeah, and like a lot of people are just rusty, right? And you know this, right? The the the, the hiring process it's very similar to date similar to dating, right? Is is a, is a solid culture fit? You know, do both sides? Do I need you? Do you need me? Um, is there sort of an emotional uh, need, right? And then it's just there's a lot of sort of there's a lot of commonalities between I would say relationships and how you can find your next role and and also staying in your current place, but. I think um, I think the biggest like the takeaway would be, you know, instead of just going to work nine to five, you know, be a conscious, conscious, you know, business owner, be a conscious business partner. And and, uh, and if you're you know, if you get if you make fifty thousand dollars a year, then 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 then, you know, then then add two hundred thousand dollars of value. If you make two hundred thousand, add a million dollars in value. Just you need to be conscious right. about your, your your current and also your your future one of the best things that I do recommend people come before they see me as their resume writer or see someone in our company is that they're doing what you just said, which is like, go to that Starbucks and write down, you know, be actually writing down the achievements and the things that you've done the last quarter, because it's going to make the resume writing process a lot easier when that time comes. Because if you get a good resume writer, they're going to ask you to flesh out some of the things you've done because they're trying to get those numbers and accomplishments and bullet points and uh, to your point, you really can't do that unless you've you're self aware and you've been doing that throughout your job. So, and you, and you're 100. And, and you and I spoke about this the first time on the phone, right? It's it's I see this as in terms of the, of a of a service or, or or a problem, right? So let's say you're a director and and you make I don't know, let's say 100 125 thousand dollars a year, 150 thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. just as a as as a, just a number to throw out there. Um, your your next role, if you end up there, you know, let's say you go two, three, four years, right? So it's one hundred fifty grand a year for four years. I mean, you you literally have a six hundred thousand dollar problem, right? And to 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 just to you know blatantly and lazily not think about that, it, it's it's just you're just setting yourself up for for failure. And uh, the the ones that realize, and this is why you know documentation and getting professional help and and you know acting like a business owner. 
um, makes a difference. But you have to really think about, like, what do I make a year? My next place, I'll probably be there three or four years, maybe five, six. You know, do the math. That's the real problem you're trying to solve. And, uh, you know, spending 15 minutes, uh, you know, sort of uh, on your resume or 15 minutes a year or every three years, it just doesn't, like, the math doesn't work out, right? right. So I think that's that's the piece of advice that I see. The ones that do really, really well, you know, not only career-wise, but also financially, they they take it extremely seriously, um, you know, and, and it might be little small steps, you know, every three months, six months, but from a cumulative, sort of a cumulative uh, standpoint, it, it makes a huge difference in, in, a, in a, you know, eventually like a 10, 15, 20, 25-year career, right? So it's, uh, I think you need to start thinking about, and, you know, folks need to think about that piece as well. Like, what's the real value of the problem they're really trying to solve? And it's it's much higher than you know, than they think it is. So exactly, exactly. So let's, let's switch gears here. I want to get some people hired and thinking about the traits that they should be showing within that resume. Um, now, George, you've, you've had your company for 19, 20 years here. You've worked with a lot of candidates. What does an attractive candidate look like? Right. So, I mean, and some things are, you know, some things, you know, you don't have to go to grade school. You don't have to have a, you know, you can, you can just have this just, but I would say the first thing is you need somebody that's engaged, right? People want to hire people that are engaged, right? So when you basic things, and there's a lot of questions you'll see that come up, you'll hear like, so tell me, you know, like why, why are you interested in working with us? Right. Mm-hmm. You can either give, you know, sort of a just very cookie cutter, you know, boring answer, right. Or you can be engaged. So that's number one, number is being, is, is being engaged. Number two right. is being prepared, right. For the interview. And, you know, these are things that are, these are things that are free, right? It doesn't cost you any money to prepare for an interview, quite frankly. Um, so being prepared and knowing, you know, who you're talking to, what are the three or four main problems that they're trying to solve, right? And, and there's a reason, I mean, they're interviewing you not because it's, you know, sort of charity. They're interviewing you because they're trying to solve, right, a, a major problem. And uh, you can do your research, right? You can, you can go online, you can say, okay, here's the role. Um, let, me, let me learn about the company. A great tip, by the way, is to also go use LinkedIn, find other people in that company to see where they came from, right? Find other people who had the same role to see where they came from, where they went. And uh, a lot of times, by the way, you'll see the, you'll see the current job, the, sort of the current problem that a company's trying to solve based on somebody else's LinkedIn profile, right? Because let's say, yeah. that, let's say, let's say the role's vacant. Um, a lot of times, so what does somebody do when like they're about to, you know, find their next role? They update the resume, they update the LinkedIn, they put things that are relevant, and then they move on. You can literally find uh, the jobs, the, the current problem that, you know, where you're about to interview based on the former employee, you know, the former employee and what they did. They usually they'll have it updated. So as a trick, um, but, you know, so be engaged, be well prepared. Attitude and enthusiasm is, is, is huge. And uh, and I think, you know, there's I think some candidates get this wrong. Some candidates get this really right. And sometimes I would say companies get this wrong as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to be a symbiotic relation, relationship, right, Chris, where, you know, I need you, right? And, and you know, I need to work for you, um, but you as a company also need to hire me, right? And I think those are the best right. fits when when the it's it's sort of when it's, it's really sort of, you know, one side more than the other. That's where you see the problem. But when it becomes, you know, sort of a cultural problem or cultural, you know, fit and uh, we both need each other. I mean, those are the that's sort of the best case scenario. But um, you know, I would, I would say, make sure it's symbiotic and sometimes like can especially a lot of the tech candidates out there, right. They'll interview with a very sort of arrogant, you know, attitude, <laughs> but there's, 
I think, you know, you have to add value, right? I mean, you have to add value and, uh, you need to be able to show some sort of symbiotic relationship. And I think that's a huge thing that I think, I think, you know, folks are at sort of the executive level, they get that and they show up that way. But I think, you know, I mean, I made the same mistake as well when I was, before I started my company, I also, you know, I worked at a a bunch of different places I sort of went in there with this mentality that, like, you know, that they need me, right? Yeah. And uh, that wasn't a reality. The reality was I was probably just one of 19 people that they were talking to. Sure. And, uh, you know, I didn't – it took me a while to learn about the symbiotic relationship, right? But, maybe, you know, it, it, it's literally – it's kind of like dating, right? I mean, you know, it, it's – it's uh, you have to make sure culturally that there's a fit. But attitude and enthusiasm and being prepared and being engaged – these are all things that you can do for free. You know, it's just you need to do a little bit of the homework um, for every opportunity that you have. Right. Right. So absolutely. That- and, and one of the things here is where, you know, some people listening to this episode may not be there yet. Right. You know, they may be looking to increase, you know, their own skill set, whether it be those harder soft skills that are needed for good leadership. But you said earlier, and I think you may have alluded to this, but you'd recommend connecting with some of those people who already are in those positions and seeing what you can learn from them. Correct? Exactly. And you can also use their, you can use their, let's say, you know, you can also use their LinkedIn profiles right. um, as a, as a sort of a, you know, as a resource and sort of a, you know, another, another job description to see, you know, kind of what they've been up to. Right. So it's, um, I love that's that, a, man. That's a, great advice. Well, that's we can we do that on the search side. I can tell you. So if we haven't, you know, if we get a, sort of a search from a client, um, what we do is we we check out sort of you know who was in the role or who is in the role, and uh, we also look at other people that were maybe were, maybe they were they were in the role two or three years ago. We look at those LinkedIn profiles, right? And uh, you know, you're pretty you're pretty quick. I mean, in a very sort of you know, in less than fifteen minutes, you're able to quickly assess kind of what what that role is all about, right? And uh, the other thing, which is kind of an interesting, I, mean, I think it's also, you know, you should study the people that you will be interviewing with, see where they came from. And you'll see a lot of times there, there's, there is a sort of common denominator, right? Who they hire, you know, why they hire. And, uh, but I, I can tell you, I mean, there's, there's, I think interviewing is, is a, is, is definitely a practice. Sure. You know, right. I mean, it's, it's a sort of a practice sport, right? But you can also, you know, you can also just be yourself and, uh, but, you know, folks, like, you need to show up prepared for these interviews. I mean, one of the, 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 I would say in 20 years, Chris, if I were to sort of say, if you sort of asked me, George, George, what was the number one thing, number one reason why they didn't hire, like, this amazing candidate? And it, and I would say it's always because the person just didn't feel, they just didn't show up prepared. They knew nothing about our business. For, the, for the interview specifically, right, George? Exactly. And this is after, oh. by the way, this is after, I mean, and, you know, we, and we prep candidates as well. Right. But sometimes candidates just don't know much about their, they just kind of go in there. I mean, very sort of half-ass, right. Yeah. And, uh, like half-ass attitude is not going to get you hundred percent, you know, it, it, of your, of your income. Right. I agree. It's so funny when the, uh, I, I sent out a survey to the people who, um, go into our resume service. I asked them how they feel on a scale of one to five, like five being like way above average for, for how they interview. And on average, most people put like a four or a five. I mean, for me, that just kind of speaks, that speaks to the fact that most people think that they can go into an interview a little bit above average. Um, but statistically that just doesn't make sense. So I, I, I tend to think that people are not as prepared as they could be hopping into that interview. So how do I know if I'm bad? The, the <laughs> right. Blunt question. So, right. Well, the, well, how do you know if you're bad? I think 
if you start getting, I mean, if you if you if you're always answering, I would say, and you can you can kind of sense this sometimes on a on a phone interview as well. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're if you're always answering the same question, if you're sort of always dealing with the same objection over and over and over and over, then you know that's probably that's a sign. You know, mm-hmm. either and and folks and and and, and you're you're a master at this right as well, like. That means that you need to probably tweak the resume a little more, right, to be able to deal with that objection before it's asked. Good point. Um, but I'd say if you're getting the wrong questions over and over, then you know it's it's um, it's it's definitely it's an indicator. Uh, we talked about this before, right? Sort of the resume steers kind of you know the process. This sort of steers the interview questions, right? Yeah. Um, the second thing is, you know, if if um, you know, you also know if you're bad. Um, I, I would say, if, I mean, I think you need to keep math, you know, keep the math right? keep track of kind of what your numbers are. And I think you can statistically know if you're bad or not. Right. Like you, you know, if you, um, you know, you should candidates should be tracking how many how many resumes they'd sent out, how many how many responses they had. You can put this in a Google, you know, a Google Sheets or an yeah. Excel sheet or just you can I mean, you can use um, they should be tracking how many how many phone calls were like sort of you know phone call interviews or you know sort of phone interviews happened how many on sites and then how many on sites to convert into converted into um you know sort of offers right the right. we we do this on the recruiting side like we we statistically know for each candidate that this person needs eight you know eight total interviews we we, can, we consider an interview a phone interview and an on site would be sort of two interviews um but we know that this person needs six interviews to get an offer. This person needs 20 interviews to get an offer. Um, we track it on our side, right? But as a candidate, you can totally track this sort of math. So um, I think, you know, besides the emotional and sort of instinct, instinctive part of like, are you bad? You know, like, are you bad? At, are you not doing well in your interviews? Um, the, the, you can also mathematically track these things, right? Which you should. And uh, this is, and, and you know, this is, you can try, you know, from a sales standpoint, from a, from a, an income standpoint, everything is a big math problem. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, and uh, you know, I think that's as a candidate, you know, start to sort of have your own, you know, KPIs. Yeah. And uh, your own little stats, and you'll see, you know, you'll kind of know your own numbers, right? So it's um, this statistically, I think since like 1960, I think the number is, you know, you need eight interviews to get one offer. That's what it was, you know, and you could count. That's that's sort of what the average is, right? So you could probably use that as a as a as a starting point right. and see where you're at. That's what I was going to ask you because I think um, there are some people who may beat themselves up for when they don't get a specific job, they get too hung up on that one job that they really wanted, um, and you know they think it's them, and that could be a confidence depleter. But I think realistically, by looking at it as a numbers game or a math problem, um, I know at least for me in my own experience, that's helped me to actually put forth the effort that my job search or any sort of search would would warrant so exactly exactly yeah. and, and the other thing too is i mean if you think about like professional athletes right like take the baseball model right like you can you can bat 330 and you're you know you're you're extremely wealthy you're a hall of famer right <laughs> and uh, i mean you're failing right you know 67 percent of the time right and you're still considered one of the best right yeah and uh so i think i think realistically you know the 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 higher the stakes the and and you know the there, there is there's sort of a i mean there's definitely sort of a of a, a graph and a curve here in terms of the more money that's involved right the more difficult it is to land that role right so it's um so you have to also be you know be sort of conscious of the level that you're going for 
um, as well. So, you know, it's like if you're going for a CEO role, your your stats will be a little less, right, than maybe, you know, if you're going for just sort of a like a manager role or even just a sort of a, you know, typical sort of an employee role, right? But um, but I think it's really, really important, you know, if you can track track the math and, and know, like, you need to lose to, to be able to win some of these things, yeah. right? And every time you go into, you know, every, you know sort of, uh, you know, every time you go into an interview and it doesn't work out well or you go into an opportunity that that was sort of your dream job and it didn't pan out, you know, you still learn a lot from how, you know, you learn a lot how to, how to sort of process the interview. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn how to answer questions. You learn how to compose yourself. There's a lot of benefit to that, right? That you, you get to use, I mean, you get to use that for the, for the, for your whole career now, right? Going forward. So it's not, it's not, you know, like a loss is not always a loss, right? So I think you need, as a candidate, people need to realize that as well. It's a learning experience. And, uh, you know, those are the, those are kind of the, that's how we grow as people. Yeah. That's, that's great. Encouraging advice, George. And it's, it's absolutely true. You know, let's, let's be honest here. I've seen the statistics thrown around about the average length of the job search. And to be honest, it's always higher when you have people that are applying for those upper level positions or um, that kind of thing, because of the reasons you've outlined. Um, But I just want to ask you, let's, let's say I am in the position of being stuck like I feel like my job search has, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's being stuck in my job search, but more so being stuck in my career. I'm maybe that director level and I want to move up to VP or move up to EVP, or let's say I'm an EVP and I want to move up to being in the C-suite. Let's, let's say I'm in that position. What would be really the first thing that you would tell me or the biggest bang for my buck in order to actually move on up? Right. So, I mean, and this is, this is, um, you know, one of the things that the easiest thing to do is, and if you feel like you're really stuck, you know, I'd probably, probably I would probably would take, you know, maybe take, take, take the morning and, and, and evaluate, okay, why am I stuck? Is it, is it sort of, you know, is it sort of the current place that I'm at in terms of the bosses that I've had? Mm. Is it, is it the industry that I'm in? Um, because sometimes, I mean, I think you also need a, you know, like you need a vehicle and you need to be in the right vehicle to be able to do well. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, but but let's say that you're, you know, you're sort of stuck in this director role and you need a VP role. Sometimes, and I have a situation, and and, and uh, there's a situation where I worked with somebody, his, he's he's literally in that same exact, um, you know, spot. His, literally year out of year, you know, and this is, a, I'm not going to mention the company, but the company would say, you know, let's just say, you know, I'll use the word, I'll use the name Chris as a name, but sure. hey, Chris, you know, we need you to just create, uh, you know, a new business line and we need you to do a billion dollars. So from zero to a billion, and we need you to do that next year, right? And that's what his boss would tell him. So, we, so, we, so you know, this this literally, this is his, you know, this is his life, right? Yeah. So he does it. He goes from zero to a billion, creates this new business model, right? Everybody's happy. Gets a new, his, his boss that gave him that initiative leaves, <laughs> right? So he's thinking, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to stick around a little more because I'm going to get my boss's role, right? Because they're obviously going to, you know, they've seen this great zero to a billion, right? And then he realizes, um, well, we're going to bring somebody in, you know, externally, right? So he's kind of still, he's kind of the bridesmaid, not the bride. That's the best way to explain it, right? <laughs> and uh, second boss comes in and said, hey, I saw that you did great work. You went from zero to a billion. Can we do that again for a different, you know, business unit? So he's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that again, right? So he does it again, right? Um the way I'm coaching him and the way we, the way him, you know, the game plan that him and I have is we're going to go, he, I mean, he works at a very, very large company, right? Where they do, 
you know, let's say, you know, they do, I think they're at like 70 or 80 billion a year in revenue, right? So a large company, he's going to now look for a smaller place. He's going to look for a company that does maybe a hundred million dollars in revenue, right? Where he can end up as like a CEO or a VP or, and that's, and that's yeah. kind of what his, so you can downscale to upscale, right? That's kind of the tip there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot of awesome companies that you've never heard of that are just rocking the world. You yes. know what I mean? They've got great products. The people are cool. You don't have to, you know, there's less of a dog and pony show, right? You don't have meetings about meetings. And, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would argue there's a lot of opportunity and for a guy like that, I mean, you know, he's like, he'll be a hero, right? Absolutely. Instead, right. Instead of a social security number. So that's, so yeah, it's, it's a good point. I like what you're doing here, which is opening up our minds to not just living the same exact thing or, or going in the same simple straight line trajectory that we're already going through sometimes what you have to do is to make that kind of leap into maybe even a startup maybe one of those positions where you might be an absolute all-star that would set you up for success it reminds me almost of that would you rather question that me and my brother played one time it's like would you rather be someone who's on the a team and never gets played or just does not realize his full potential or would you rather be someone in the quote-unquote b team but you're an absolute all-star just rocking shooting three-pointers making every single one so not saying one is either right or wrong but sometimes it is good to open up your mind in order to end up doing things you wouldn't have otherwise done so you can move forward in your career so i I there's, yeah, there's benefits as well, right? There's benefits as well when you work at some of these smaller plates, like the, you know, let's say exactly. a, B, a B team, right? Exactly. It, there's a lot of benefits to that. I mean, there's there's sort of, uh, I think I think I think number one, I think a lot of the smaller companies, and you know, they, I think they appreciate their employees a lot more than some of the larger. Like people are they, they're like people are definitely um, less replaceable, right? When you work at a smaller place, um, and you also get to you get to grow and you know with with the you get to grow with a company as well and, and make something right. And, and I think, I think the fear though, for some people, right. And this comes down to giving really your hundred percent of your, of your value is, you know, if you go to a smaller place, like you, you can't hide behind a box, right? Like you're not able to hide. And, uh, you know, like that's not, that's not always some people, you know, some people like to hide. Right. But this, the, the smaller place is, uh, you know, I mean, you're a little more out there, um, but for some folks, like that's an awesome thing, you know, and, and I agree like this, I mean, you know, the United States and I would say other countries as well, but like America was built on, you know, like companies like mine, right? Like, you know, 30 person teams, right. That maybe something like never heard of. Right. But like, that's what this country is built on. There's so much opportunity, like, like you know, a company like mine or yeah. it'd be interesting to see, you know, in like a 50 year, like what, you know, 50 years of this, you took two people um you know how would they turn out right yeah so i just would i would have killed to be like number employee number five or number six on a company like facebook when they were up and growing or um all of these other companies and you know that's where the potential is 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 you know where all that impact is but right well well, it's it's, uh i'll tell you a story my i have two i have two kids i've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old and my nine-year-old He's like obsessed, fascinated. I mean, it's it's with like soccer, right? And he's like, "What are you gonna do?" He, you know, he he tells everybody he's gonna be a soccer player, soccer player, soccer player. Like that's what he's gonna do, right? Right. So it's kind of like you know, we're like, okay, so you might want to think about going to school. He's like, I don't need to go to school. I'm gonna be a soccer player, right? So you know, that's his thing. And uh, I said, "Why?" I'm like, "Why do you want to be a soccer player?" He's like, "Well, yeah." He's like, you know, he's like, they make so much money, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but there's other stuff in life. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. like the, the guy, like, and, and you know, like the interesting thing about the soccer, like the sports model is, is that 
the the person who makes the most out of this is not the soccer player or the football, like the the guy you see on. Yeah, it's actually the agent. Like the yeah. agents making, you know, the agent who represents all of these people. Like they they've got a thirty year career. They don't have to have knee surgery, right? Yeah. Like 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 that's the and he's kind of like the beat. Like you know, if you saw him in a crowd, you would have no idea who that person was, right? But yeah. It's 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 like they're kind of the B player, right? To some extent. I mean, they're kind of like behind the scenes, and they're killing it, you know. And uh, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes there is there is there is truth in being being a B player, right? And yeah. uh, I agree. I mean, it's like you're you're spot on, Chris. Like it's 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 um, you know, I think from a career standpoint, and you you made a you brought up something really really important, which is if you do the same thing over and over, you're you're literally going to get the same result. I think you and and. The, the one thing I love about startups is that they they're kind of forced to pivot like from like they sell one thing and next next now they sell the next thing. Right. Right. And uh, it, I've it's, had that experience. You, yeah. And you've actually you've seen this in I don't know if you know, walk into any sort of grocery store, like look at all these junk food companies. Um, they're now selling like healthier food and healthier and they're buying these, you know, food nutrition companies and, uh, you know, large companies pivot all the time. You know, small companies pivot all the time, but as a candidate, you you know, for your career, you can you should also pivot, right? So if things are going wrong, you know, maybe uh, you know, mix up a little bit. You can always go back to the to what didn't work, right? I mean, that's the yeah. easy the easy thing. Um, anyway, that's kind of how I see it. I, I by the way, my story. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I started, I you know, went to some like you know, went to pretty decent schools. I did exactly what my parents said I was supposed to do. I went to good schools, worked at good companies. And then I was, I literally found myself unemployed, like unemployed, right? And I decided, like, never again will I ever work for somebody. And that's how I started, you know, I've had my recruiting business now 20 years. I literally started it. Yeah. And now you're killing idea. it. Yeah. Well, things are going well. Well, so I, I mean, I literally started, it was, it was a terrible idea initially, <laughs> like the first three, <laughs> it the first three or four years. <laughs> it's oh always my God. hard. It, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole, like being an entrepreneur is not as sexy as they make it seem on Instagram. Like Oof. wasn't like that. Uh, but the first three years, I mean, I went from like broke to broker, right? I mean, the, to some extent. Uh, but I literally had a decision. Like I pivoted from, okay, am I going to continue to work for somebody the rest of my life or am I going to do something else in my life, right? And I decided with no, I didn't have any money. I didn't have, I had a terrible business plan. I didn't have any contacts. All I had was what I talked about before, right? I had attitude. I had, I was engaged. I was enthusiastic and I showed up to these meetings prepared. Like when I would go see a client that, you know, I had no experience I was pretty, I was pretty well prepared when I walked into these things. So yeah. it's, uh, and that's what I did. I mean, I literally, I built a career. I mean, you can turn, I mean, I, I call it, you know, mistakes into business models, but sometimes you can take, you know, make mistakes and, and turn them into business models, right. Or, or careers for some, yeah. some folks. Great. And I love that answer here. I want to make sure we have enough time to cover you at the very end. So I'll ask you one last thing in regards to networking. And I know this is a really, really big piece of the puzzle here. I know a lot of these jobs, especially those higher up jobs are found through networking. So what is your one biggest piece of networking advice you would have for someone looking to move up that career ladder? I, I would say, I would say network, uh, you know, sort of often and, 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 and sort of always and often, right? So one of the big mistakes I see is that folks start to reach out to the network when they need something, right? And so instead of Instead of being the person that needs something, right? Like, yeah. do me a favor. Be the person that's giving the favor, right? Or doing the favor. And uh, there's a, there's a great book that talks about this. It's it's like I think it's one of the sort of most sold books, you know, business books ever. Um, it's by Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you've read that one. It's uh, 
Think oh. and Grow Rich. Have you read yes. that? Yeah, yeah. Great book. Great book. Read it like so, twice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's a terrific book for, and it talks about, I think, I think it calls it the rule of, um, it's, um, I forget how he phrases it, but it's pretty much, if you, if you pay it forward in terms of, you know, if you, if you constantly recommend your friends to other people and your contacts to other people, it will come back full, cir- full circle, right? In terms of you'll get referrals back. So I think, I think tip number one is always be recommending and referring, you know, your, your network to other people, right? And uh, yeah. later on, you'll, you'll see that just naturally folks will always refer you, you know, new, new opportunities, right? Yeah, so, it's a theory of reciprocity for sure. Reciprocity, that's yeah. right, exactly, right? That, that works really, really well. And I, I built a recruiting business on that, right? So it's, um, yeah. that, that's, that's number one. Number two, I would say you, you, need to, you need to not be afraid to ask for the referral, Right or ask for like Chris. I noticed that you interviewed you know, and and I'm I'm taking I'm, I'm speaking in the future here, right? Yeah, Chris, sure. I know I know that you interviewed Chris, you know, J- um, Joe Rogan, right? Can I can you get me in front of Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> so that's you know I need to be able to. I wish to, I interviewed Joe Rogan, but well, that's... <laughs> I, well, I think why not? I think one. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right, Chris? I see this way. Um, I'll be in a podcast in a couple of weeks where where this person was actually interviewed by Joe Rogan, right? So yeah, my plan yeah. is right. So talking about, I mean, you know. My plan is after I'm on that podcast is I'm going to ask that person, hey, can you make an intro for me and Joe Rogan? And can you ref- can you ask Joe Rogan, tell him that I might be a good guest on his podcast, right? Yes. So, but you need to have the courage to ask that question, right? And even the, I mean, I, you know, the, the courage to be able, I'm telling you right now on a podcast where lots of people listening, I, I still have that in my mind. Like I have a future picture of how that conversation is going to be, right? Yeah. And, uh, and do you think you people need-, need to earn that or? Or is it just one of the things that just people need to be not afraid to ask? Well, here's why I'm not afraid to ask that question. Is that same person, right? I've already refer- referred him four people, yes. right? So it's easier to ask when you when I'm already giving him, you know, lots of value. Your right? advice goes hand in hand with one another. And I, I've I've seen it in my own life, George. It's, it's, it's much harder to get something and i never i never do things now because i get them in return that's a mistake exactly. I've, I've made before in the past and i know just how right you are when it comes to if you if you want to be an effective networker you have to be a giver first and it, 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 exactly and even like before our podcast i mean I, th- I pretty much said to you chris hey like you know like i'm this is awesome to be on your show like you know i'm here to serve you whatever you want to yeah. deal with like Let's, because that's that's really how I feel, and that's how I act, and that's how I run my business. And uh, yep. I mean, this is the first of all, you people. sleep, yeah, and like you sleep well at night, right? Which is a great thing, right? Because you're not like you're 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 literally, you know, you're helping people, and uh, you know, and they they appreciate that, you know, everybody needs help, and and uh, but you need to give it, you know, you need to pay it forward. It's a huge, huge. I see it all the time. Like I have folks that I've worked with that I, they haven't spoken to me in ten years, and then I, you know, start getting, hey, George, let's talk about, you know, who can you. It, it happens, you know, all the time with with uh, with me, right? But it's and I have other people that I'm constantly, you know, in contact with, and you know, we're sort of back and forth, and you know, they're referring folks to me, and I'm referring folks to them, and it's just an easier relationship to have, right? Yeah. So I would, it's more you know, fun you, too. You need to, yeah. Oh my god, like so much fun, <laughs> yeah. But you always need to be networking, but in a genuine, yes. you know, sort of non superficial way right or needy like, to and the best way to do yeah. that is by by doing it all the time and not just like you said not during those times when you're you're most needed the most so exactly yeah. and, you, and you can build i think you can build an organic from a business standpoint you can build a very organic business that way 
you can you can build an organic career, you know, sort of career that way. And uh, even from a relationship standpoint, like people start to peg you as the, you know, what I mean, as the guy that like is always asking, like you know, you're like you're the needy, you know, he's only ta- calling or texting me because he needs something, exactly. right, or she needs something, and that's not cool, you know, that's not cool either. But I think as a networking, like you're networking every day. I mean, the other thing which is really simple, I mean, just I don't know, like not, not that I'm saying go to just randomly talk to people, but. If you see the same person over and over and over at the same Starbucks, like, I don't know, just just start up a conversation. I mean, you'd be surprised how many business relationships start that way. And, uh, you know, I, I've hired actually, just to give you an idea, I've hired um, I've hired four people on my team of the 30 um, that I met in an Uber. So these were, you know, just as Uber drivers, right? So, yeah. you know, they were just, they were like marketing people or they were just doing another thing and they just had awesome backgrounds. And then, you know, four people actually that I, because I, because I actually, you know, from, from Uber conversations, um, another guy that I met in Starbucks, you know, I mean, just, you just need to talk to people, you know, yeah. that's another thing too. I love just that in a natural way. And if you're listening to this episode in the time of the health crisis, I know it's, it's these in-person connections are a little bit tougher, but I, I just had a conversation with, um, she was a, she's an amazing career coach also just who I know. And, um, she said she was able to strike up just a conversation with someone at the grocery store, just maintaining their social distance. And now she's taking one of her online yoga classes and they're still, you know, they're connected now, which is a beautiful thing. So, you know, That's I think amazing. as humans, we, we, we just have this desire to stay connected and in person is, is it's a beautiful thing. And you can, I mean, I think, I mean, now, and you, I mean, you really, I mean, I think the whole world has the easiest icebreaker ever, right? Like it's yeah. <laughs> like, like this is the, this is a really weird time, right? Where, and I don't know, like, even if you're walking down, it's like, I, I'm a runner. So, you know, I run and, uh, I've never seen so many runners in the street, like, like non runners, but it's, it's kind of cool to say, I think it's awesome. Uh, but like, there's a lot of walkers and, you know, people are like, you know, like you're, you're running the street and they're, they're on the street. And then next thing you know, they're on the sidewalk and, you know, it's like weird. Um, but you can, you can still say hi to people and you can still, you know, like you can use the, the time we're now and just, you can, that's a great icebreaker, right? Just to talk about, Hey, like interesting times. Like you're, you're literally waiting at the supermarket six feet apart from somebody else to get in line to, you know, because you, have, you can't get into the supermarket. You know, you can, you can say, Hey, this is kind of an interesting, you know, life moment we've got here. And, uh, it's a great icebreaker really. Yep. You're going yeah. through the same thing. It's that commonality right there. Of course so. the whole world is, yeah, yeah, the whole world is right. So, um, I think it's also, it's also a great time. And this is just two things, you know, if you, if you haven't, if you have a list of people that you've, you've meant to, 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 uh, keep in touch with, maybe it's a great time to start sending them, you know, send, start sending them referrals or start thinking about who can I refer Chris to, or who can I refer Chris to, to help his business or to help his career. And, uh, I mean, you, you know, most people are, I mean, I would say all of America is not traveling anymore, right? You have time, take 30 minutes a day, take an hour to start doing that. Start implementing that into your life, and uh, you'll see that later on things will come definitely full circle, right? So awesome, awesome. Well, George, you've been a fantastic guest. I've, I, you know, personally, as someone who's gone through a lot of this stuff and has been in this world for a while now, um, I even feel, you know, extra inspired, you know, through the messages that you've given me today. I feel like I need to go out and start giving more, even though I've already been sold on it. Uh, so, <laughs> just thank you so much for what you've brought today, and, and thank you for for your insight. You've been awesome. Chris, no, I appreciate it. And then uh, I, was, I just want to sort of finish with this one thing, right? If you're, yeah. you know, if you're, I think as a candidate, if you're lost and you and you think that you're sort of, you know, sixty percent there, it, it's it's. Um, and I get this question all the time, but I think if you if you if you if you have the money to invest in professional help like resume writing services and LinkedIn services, 
And like a service like yours is awesome, you know, to do it. Like I know that you do awesome work. And uh, actually we talked about um, partnering up with other things, right? So mm-hmm. it's, um, I think if you're a candidate and you think you need the help, it's a great, great, and and like it's a great investment. The ROI is like point zero zero something of whatever somebody makes usually, right? So it's, uh, you know, like the cost is, it's so cheap for, for the real problem that people are trying to solve. So no, I love the work that you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. And uh, I'd like to ask you and um, uh, turn the mic back to you. How can people find out more about you and what you were doing? So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, so number one, I'm on LinkedIn, right? You can just sort of search me on LinkedIn. It's, um, so George, can right, we still G- add you? Are you maxed out at 30, <laughs> was it 30,000 connections? 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been maxed out for like five, six years now, wow. but, um, you can find me there. Right. So there's, um, follow as you well. too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the second thing is, and this is just, you know, this is the easiest thing to do. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a team controlled text, but number but they can text text me right just you know with your name you know your name and and uh sort of the the reason and may you know how i might be to help you um so the number is 212-658-0801 so it's uh 212-658-0801 they can mm-hmm. just uh, send a quick text and that's that's honestly the easiest way um as a technique, email, you know, people read in seven hours, text seven minutes. So as a candidate, yeah. you know, learn that, learn that technique. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And and what I do typically, and I think our listeners hopefully know this by now, but I'll, I'll link these descriptions or link these uh, hyperlinks within the description of this podcast. And um, it'll have that text, that number. So you can text George or George's team. I'll have his LinkedIn and I'll also link to his website as well. If you want to check that out. Would encourage you to be safe and do this when you're done jogging or driving, but uh, it's the easiest way I can give you those links. All right, George, thank you so much. I, I, I think this is awesome, and I think this is the beginning of something new. So you've been a great guest, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Chris, thanks. Thanks for having me on. You're, you're, you're awesome, and uh, no, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our 133rd episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. I really just enjoyed the insights that George brought today, which is if you want to move up, you need to be looking closely at how you're preparing for your job search. And you're not just preparing in the moment when you need that job. It's preparing proactively during your career. So look at those accomplishments, whether you're looking for a job or not, and look at what you've done in the last quarter or so. Go to that Starbucks and jot down what you've done as a professional. You just might surprise yourself with some of the things that you've done and you'll thank your future self when you're working with a resume writer. I'd also like to echo what George says about always be networking and always be a giver. I think this is the one core piece of advice that really resonated with me the most while doing this. I don't think that that can be overstated and I think that's everything. That's something that if everyone took and everyone benefited from, then it just the whole world would be different. We just live in this amazing, beautiful world where we're just just living in harmony. I have no better way to put that. So this concludes today's episode. Can't thank you enough for listening, and I'll see you next time.